Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Hey parents, Greenlight is here to take one big thing off your to-do list, teaching your kids about money. With a Greenlight debit card and money app of their own, kids and teens learn to earn, save, and invest. You can send money instantly, set flexible controls, and get real-time notifications of your kids' money activity. Set up chores and put allowance on autopilot to reward them for their hard work. Then learn about the world of money together. Get one month free when you sign up at greenlight.com podcast. Every divorce has its unique challenges. Having helped people in many different high-conflict divorces, I know that when children and alcohol are involved, the situation becomes even more challenging. Whether you are concerned about child safety when an ex is co-parenting or trying to prove your sobriety for custody, finding a reliable system that you trust can be difficult. That's why I love and recommend Soberlink. Soberlink's remote alcohol monitoring system makes it easy to document sobriety in real time, ensuring child safety and providing tangible evidence of sobriety to the court as needed. It's easy to use and has features like facial recognition, tamper detection, and advanced reporting that all work together to improve your life during this difficult time. To help those in my audience who are going through divorce with children, I've worked with Soberlink to develop five tips for divorces involving children that you can download at www.soberlink.com backslash JBD. At Journey Beyond Divorce, we understand that navigating through the emotional tsunami of separation and divorce is one of the hardest journeys you'll take. And we know that once the initial fear and pain begins to pass, a whole new storm of confusion, uncertainty, and self-doubt can surface. Journey Beyond Divorce can help you identify and clarify where you're feeling stuck and what steps you need to move forward, even if they're just baby steps. We guide you with practical, tangible support that you can start implementing right away. Our team of experienced divorce coaches is ready to help you. Listen through the show because we have a gift just for you. It'll help you navigate your divorce with more calm and confidence. 
You're listening to the Journey Beyond Divorce podcast with Karen McMahon. We invite you into a journey of healing and personal transformation that will radically change your divorce experience, heal your heart while refining your character, and enable you to be effective and feel empowered as you navigate the practical and emotional challenges of divorce. It's you've got to be willing to believe that staying calm and problem solving is more power, a more powerful, a more empowering, a more productive place to be than hijacked in a story and reacting. Welcome to JBD Team Talks with your host, Karen McMahon. During Team Talks, you get a chance to meet our JBD coaches as we discuss challenges and difficulties that are common to everyone facing divorce and provide you with tips and strategies to help you master the art of managing your thoughts, calming your emotions, and intentionally choosing your responses. And now for today's topic. Welcome to another episode of JBD Team Talks. Today I'm here with Diane Dempster. Hi, Diane. Hi, Karen. We're excited about this. This is one, the first of a four-part series on triggers. And no matter what part of your divorce process you're in, you're bound to experience being triggered and your reactivity. And so Diane is going to walk us through the anatomy of a trigger, uh, the reactiveness that follows, and some some better ways of managing our triggers that would lead to healthier communication and relationships. And so take it away, Diane. Awesome. Well, and I just want to say, we're going to also talk about how to navigate with somebody who else is triggered, right? It's this sort of part of this is our managing our own triggers. And part of it is this sort of how to navigate with someone who else who is triggered, because even if you're not the one that's getting triggered, it could be your soon to be ex or your ex or your kid or your whoever, Um, that could be triggered. And so these are important life skills, not just during divorce, but everybody gets triggered. And I guess I want to start with why this topic is so important to me. And I always joke um, to my parenting clients that I'm a recovering yelling mom. And I fully own that. Uh, It's recovering from being a yelling mom is a lifelong process. And I, I firmly believe that we're we teach what we're called most to learn. I don't know how else to say that, right? And so I know that my own trigger management is what now has, you know, was a key part of my divorce story and is also a key part of what makes makes an amazing relationship that I have with my kids and that I'm developing now with my partner because we're navigating and learning how to work through the fact that everybody gets triggered And how do you dance in that space? And so this is a really important topic for me, and I'm excited to share it with um, the folks who are listening to the the team talks. Absolutely. Perfect. What we're talking about here is what I call the anatomy of a trigger. And the trigger starts, I'm going to start over here. This is the thing we're going to talk about in the next episode. But irritation happens in the gap between expectation and reality. It's just sort of all day long, we expect life's going to go this way. And all of a sudden, nope, wait, I thought that the light was going to turn red before I got or green. You know, it's just sort of there's, there's this gap between what we expect will happen 
I go to the refrigerator. I expect that I'm going to have the last cup of yogurt for lunch. Oh my gosh, the kids ate the yogurt. There's no yogurt in the fridge. That's my reality. And I get irritated, right? It's just sort of, it may be, I expected that um, we would navigate this first phase of our divorce um, with relative ease. And then all of a sudden something crazy happens and we're having arguments about things that I never expected to have an argument about. And irritation happens in that place. From there, we always create a story about an irritant. And we either get hijacked by the story and it picks us up and takes us off. Or we go, oh, wait, I'm telling myself a story. Let's figure this out. I'm upset, but I want to calm down. And so we have a choice when that story happens to either reclaim our brain, take a few deep breaths, kind of get back in our bodies and and relax and, and take action. Or we get hijacked by the story and we react. And that reaction could be yelling. That reaction could be running away and saying, I can't deal with this and slamming the door. And this is what I used to do when I was a kid. I'd stomp up the stairs and slam the door. That was always my reaction. Um, Or we may, you know, all of us have different kinds of reaction. Worry is a reaction. Fear is a reaction. There's emotion in here. There's physical reaction. And so if we get hijacked by the story, we end up in reaction mode. If we react, our body needs to recover because those reactions, those emotions have really strong emotional energy behind them. And our body needs to recover. We have to find a way to get rid of all that emotional energy so that we can get back in our bodies, back in our brains, and get back into problem solving. We talk about three levels of the brain, aware, alert, and alarm. Aware is where we're conscious and we're using our rational brain and we're just going about our day, doing our things, making our decisions. Alert is the place in between where we're uh, kind of, uh, where that irritation happens. So an irritation happens and we might get uh, a little niggling, right? And this is sort of our emotions start competing with our rational brain and we're kind of spinning and emotional and all over the place. And then alarm which is when we're in a full-on trigger and the amygdala in our brain, which is the, the animal part of our brain, is the part that's in charge and our only choices are fight, flight, or freeze. Mm. So that's the high level here, Karen. We're talking about irritations and stories and reacting and all kinds of things. And we're going to go through these in the next few weeks. But I'm curious, kind of, where, how do we dig in on this a little bit? Yeah, so I I love that you start with expectation, right? We talk so much about that. And and for our listeners to know that and to look out for what's your expectation, right? Like that's such a great first flag is what's your expectation? And I know we're going to dig more into that. And And then I love your word hijacked for what happens to us. Because there's that story, and we talk about story a lot in our coaching, and it's like, if you don't know, you create it, and your narrative usually doesn't serve you, and that's why you end up in that, what do you call it, high alarm um, place, that reactive place, that, and you're getting hijacked by your story. So, Diane, the way you described it, I think you've pieced it apart in a way that is really going to help our listeners Uh, be able to kind of pin where they are and Mm. what they're doing, which I think is terrific. I, too, um, am a recovering yeller. Uh, My kids were very, very young when I was, when I would 
be severely reactive. And that actually was one of my red flags that I needed to get some help as I entered my divorce. So, and it is, it's such a process and there's so many opportunity for us well, to get triggered. And trigger. I think that the, the first piece of this is just being aware of it, right? And, and treating it like something that's normal. And, and, I, and I say that with caution because a lot of us have really extreme reactions and what we're talking about is biology here. I mean, it's not, if you've got somebody who's getting triggered, it's not, there's, there's a level of choice and then there's a level at which there really isn't a choice because the biology kicks in, right? It's just sort of pretending that, um, you know, somebody who's triggered and really upset is going to be able to have a logical conversation with you about what's going on until they are unra- unraveled from their trigger is really not realistic. I have, you know, clients all the time who, you know, somebody gets upset and then they're trying to have this, but this and but that, and I'm trying to explain my point of view and I'm trying to get you to come over to my side and understand and we're logically rationalizing the situation. And the other person isn't even in the rational part of their brain right. to talk to you right. to try to figure out how, what to do. And I, and I talk about the difference between ending the argument and resolving the conflict. And a lot of times we're really good about, so if the argument is the intense sort of that we get at each other. The conflict is what's underneath it, which is you think this, I think that, or I expected this and you're expecting that. And we're trying to navigate through that. And a lot of times what happens is we end up in the argument and then we don't want to fight or the fight blows up and we go off to our corners, but then we never come back and actually say, okay, so how do we navigate and, and work through the conflict? And, and so there's, it's, and, or we, the other thing we do is we try to navigate the conflict when we're in the middle of the trigger. And I think that that's important to kind of separate unraveling from the trigger from resolving the conflict. Yeah, I, I, that's absolutely it. And how many couples or individu- individuals do we talk to where they would have the fight, they would go into their corners and then it kind of got swept under the rug and everyone right. made nice, but nothing got resolved. And right. And, and that point that, that you're, it's almost like your headset isn't plugged in. You can't hear, you can't, <laughs> you can't engage uh, because, because you have so much upset going. Well, on. or the client or the clients who say I'm fighting all the time. My, my, my partner and I are fighting all the time. My ex and I are fighting all the time. Well, if you're fighting all the time, chances are you're not, you're not resolving the conflict because you're both escalating. And so if you focus, and this is where the generosity comes in, it's just sort of, if you are able to focus first on how do I calm myself down or how do I help my ex calm down, you know, how do, how do I get into a place so we're both calm, you ultimately will navigate the, ar- the argument by figuring out, you know, is this one of those times that we have to agree to disagree? How are we going to make a decision? And we're trying to deal with parenting issues. This comes up all the time. It's like, you think this, I think that. At the end of it, you still have to figure out how to make a decision about what you both think is best for your kiddo or for the financial situation and the divorce, those sorts of things. Or you have to say, you know what? This is so contentious. We need to bring somebody else in to help us to navigate through it because we can't just talk about it without getting triggered. Right. So it's almost like the solution is com- you it completely evade you because nobody's able to connect to their rational mind and leave the emotion aside and get there. And so 
I was going to say something slightly different. It's not that the it's not that the solution evades you, because what happens when you go into either alarm or even alert, right? It's a sort of you're in the triggered part. You're in the animal part of your brain, and the only solutions you see are run away or fight to the death, right? And that fight, flight, freeze, right? Those are your that part of your brain. Those are the only choices you have which is why it ends up feeling so contentious because your ability to negotiate or navigate is not present, but you do. There's this part of your brain going, I must win. We must do it my way. It has to stop now. This has to be fixed. There's this kind of urgency and self-preservation that happens that's completely counterintuitive to being able to navigate through two people trying to resolve a conflict. Right. I, I want to go back to what you said, like awareness being the first thing. So, so often when I'm working with people, um, what they end up noticing is, you know, if if mom was a rageaholic or if dad used to shut down, like there's, there, you're talking about biology, but there's also the like, you only know what you were taught, right? Mm. So you kind of like have this this unwritten script. And so bringing your awareness, I would imagine, not just to the biology, but what do you know about fighting? Well, you know, my yeah. parents what are your screamed and yeah. yelled. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and then they went to their corners and then they held hands. And so, like, if that's all you know, or if you know someone who who, you know, gives the silent treatment and you just, you give the, you, and you find yourself doing the same thing. So isn't that a piece of it too, is you only do what you know? Well, and, and there's two sides to that actually, because part of that is the things you've learned and the patterns that you had as you were growing up, the the stories your family told about yelling. I mean, I don't know how many families it's like, Oh, we don't yell in our family or there's other families that are loud and boisterous and big Italian families, right? You came from the Italian family. It's like this sort of Intense voices may not have been angry voices, but they may have been loud voices, right? Right. And the other side of that is your emotional reactivity to the triggered people in your family, right? It's like I have a lot of clients who grew up with moms or dads who were, use the phrase, rageaholic. If you had a parent who was a rageaholic, you're likely to have some collateral damage, for lack of a better word, from that experience where if anybody raises a voice, and I've happened, to, I, I'm so funny because I'm a loud talker, and I have a hypersensitivity to people raising their voice. Right. So it's this strange sort of thing. So people will match my tone because I'm talking loud, and they'll be like, "Well, you're talking loud." And I'm like, "Oh no, no, no! Please don't raise your voice," because <laughs> the raising, just that raising of the voice, throws me into, "Oh my gosh, I've done something wrong. I'm in trouble," you know. And then I'm not, I'm not thinking. I'm not problem solving. I'm just a, a big old giant trigger. Right. So part of this, it just a bottom line, part of this is the story you tell yourself about triggers and what healthy conflict resolution is. And part of it is your core wounds around being around people who were triggered and either were avoiders or high conflict people or whatever it is. There's some trauma that we carry in there that makes it hard for us to navigate, differently hard for us to navigate a trigger. Calming the chaos of divorce begins with quieting your mind and getting clear on what you want and how to get it. That's why we created the Divorce Survival Kit. It's an easy-to-digest guide with five essential tips. 
that help transform your suffering into valuable insights and your confusion into effective action. So go to DivorceRecoveryLifeline.com and grab your Divorce Survival Kit today. And I was just, I was just recording a Voices of Celebration and I was talking to a client who acknowledged that he entered his marriage very young in his early 20s and he was conflict avoidant because of family of origin. And so for, for they were together over two decades and it took him, it was really hard for him to actually engage in, um, in a healthy way. Uh, because of those triggers, that conflict was dangerous um, and you wanted to avoid it at all costs. And so the communication, he didn't get to that healthy communication that we're going to be talking about. Well, and let's think about it. Conflict is, conflict is by definition of the thing that happens. I mean, we're all individuals. We all have different perspectives. We all have different expectations. Wouldn't it be brilliant if we all had the same expectations of what would happen? We just... We don't. I mean, it's like even with your friends, it's like, oh, I was going to watch this movie. And no, I, I wanted to watch a rom-com and I wanted to watch this. You know, it's like this sort of, OK, so that's conflict. Right. And and our ability to navigate through that is directly related to our ability to navigate through any disagreement. So it's, it's all kind of the same on some level. So 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 the you have an expectation. Uh, reality shows up differently. You get irritated. Um, and then you're saying at that point, you're either going to create a story that hijacks you into reactiveness or you're going to kind of slow it down, breathe through it and um, reclaim. How did you reclaim say that? Your brain. Reclaim, reclaim your brain. Reclaim your well, brain. Well, and I think that there's a slight difference because there's always a story, right? This sort of we always when we see something, we have an interpretation. Right. And let's start with that word first. We've got the gap. It causes us to be irritated and we interpret the situation. Right. And that interpretation either hijacks us or it supports us. Right. It's this sort of I can think, you know, the one I always give is um, a kid who um, I, I don't know if you've ever had snarky kids. We have we both have snarky kids, Karen, don't yes, we? we sometimes? Do. Yes, we do. <laughs> so, you know, it's like we all want our kids to speak respectfully to us. Right? It is sort of we expect, you know, that all of a sudden you're having a conversation with a kid and your kid is like, I can't believe da 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 da. Right? And it's like there, there's this sort of attitude that shows up and you expect your kids are going to be kind, kind and respectful and they're not. Right. The story I create then. Right. Is this sort of, oh, my gosh, I've got a rude kid. Right. I can't believe this. My kid is being so rude. Right. And I can either get hijacked by that. Yep. And go, oh, my gosh, I can't believe this kid is rude and I must be a terrible parent if I've got a rude kid or or what's going to happen. They're going to be rude to their boss and they're going to lose their job sometime in the future. or They're never going to end up getting married because they're this rude person. Whoa. <laughs> I'm spinning out in the story. Right. 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 Or I can go, OK, wow, my kids, this kid is being rude and I can go, OK, wait a second. Let me take a deep breath. Obviously, my kid's having a bad day. Something must have happened. Either I said something that triggered them or something happened at school with a friend, something else that's triggering them. My kid wants to be respectful. If they're not, it's not because they're just a rude kid. They're having a hard time. 
I can create a new story. Right. The, the first story was still, wow, my kid's rude. And then, but I went, okay, wait a second. Right. Let me, let me really think about this because the goal here is how you want your kid to change his behavior. You want your ex to change the, you know, you want the situation to change. Right. Your ability to change the situation is completely different if you're up here hijacked than it is if you're down here going, okay, let me be rational about this. Let me get in my rational brain. And, and I think that that statement is, is worth the cost of admission, like right there, right? It's like, that's the key in, those, yep. in that early stage. We're going to have an interpretation. And for the listeners, your ability to take a step back, to create some space and, and look at the situation, that's the key right there. And choose, right, consciously choose uh, an interpretation that is going to serve where you want to go, which is to have a better relationship and better communication with this person. Yeah. yeah. And we'll talk about this in the next episode, but that's, that is the key, right? It's you've got to be willing to believe that staying calm right. and problem solving is more power, a more powerful, a more empowering, a more productive place to be and hijacked in a story and reacting. Yeah, and I think that it requires oftentimes um, swallowing, being a little humble, swallowing your ego. It requires practicing grace and patience. Like yep. it's actually- With yourself too, right? Yeah, and, and I think so, so just that one step really invites a number of practices in that, that are only beneficial to all of us in relationships. Yeah, absolutely. So, so aware is noticing when you get into alert, just because you said aware, alert, alarm, when you get into alert, that's when you have, a, is that when the interpretation is either going yeah. to. So when you're, so an, an alert is important because it's, it's a state of, it's a brain state right? mm. and it's kind of independent of what's going on over here with the story or the, not the story, because the reality is that right now, particularly we're recording this in the middle of the pandemic, right? It's just sort of, we're all walking around with a million irritants. It's like, oh, I tried to go to the store and I couldn't get this, or, oh, I want to go out and be with my friends, but I can't. I mean, there's there all of these irritations. I'm trying to work at home and my house is full of other people. Lots of things to be irritated about. And so we're all walking around in this state of alert mm-hmm. where our emotions are competing with our rational brain. And the thing to notice might be the way the way your body feels. I mean, you might feel kind of and on edge. You might have a pit in your stomach. You might have a hard time kind of tightness in your throat. It may be that you um, your thoughts are spinning, right? It's a sort of, if you feel like I'm trying to remember this, but it's, uh, it's right on the tip of my tongue. It may be because you're spinning a little bit between the emotions that you're feeling and the rational thoughts. And so that's the important thing particularly if you've got someone in your life who's a hair-triggered person who goes off really quick like that, it's probably because they're walking around in a state of alert because they're overwhelmed, because they've got anxiety, because they've got, you know, there's all of these things that kind of lead us to a space where we're, we're literally a, a walking powder keg and we're right. just waiting for somebody to light the match. Yeah, and so I'm hearing that whether that's you, whether your your mm-hmm. capacity for whatever reason is low, 
or whether the person that you're engaged with that you know that either in general or because of something circumstantial, their capacity is low, that's that opportunity to reframe, have grace, have patience, and kind of end, reclaim your, I love that, reclaim Reclaim your your brain. Reclaim your brain. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. And so if you don't reclaim your brain, you go into reactivity. I call it that we all go down the toilet together. (laughs) That's, That's my way of describing what happens. Because if I don't hold it together, certainly being a single parent raising my kids, the minute I got into reactivity, nothing good nothing good ever happened. Nothing good we were like, come up We all flushed down together. <laughs> well, and I think that that's part of the dynamic, particularly in um, in conflict situations with soon to be exes or exes or whatever else is. You know, it's this sort of we we want to, we don't want to take the high road because that feels like disempowering almost. It's like this sort of well. I let that would let them win, right? Because right. that that emotional part of their your brain is fighting against them winning, right. and so your natural tendency will be to go to that higher conflict, to that right. high, you know, that high level alarm place. And what you really the most productive place is: how do I stay calm? How do I calm myself down? How do I take some space, come back and try to resolve this conflict right. instead of fighting over it? So disengaging, um, but not in a snarky, nasty way, like just disengaging preferably with some grace is, is really that piece that allows you to go from stay out of alarm and, um, and stay in. But it's almost like you want to, like, I, I try really hard to have a rule for myself that says, you know, I don't, I don't try to resolve argument and to resolve conflict when I'm triggered. You know, it's this sort of, I want to agree to say, you know what, we're triggered. My daughter and I do this really, really well. It's like one of us is triggered. We say, hey, this is not the time to finish this conversation. Go take some space. Do you need, do you need a good night's sleep? And we'll talk about it tomorrow. Do you need just five minutes to go calm down? And then let's finish this. But it's that awareness of what's going on so that you can resolve the conflict. And, and to what you just said, because that's exactly, and it's just, it's so immensely valuable in our, in all of our relationships and that, that ability to, um, to, to disengage, to create some space. Um, and if the other person doesn't want to, like to notice, right? Like my, I could have someone who's like, no, I'm fighting with you. And then to still be able to say, you know, let's let's pick this up tomorrow. Let's pick this up later. Like to really and that actually brings boundaries in when you're dealing with someone like that, to be able to hold your stand that, you know, if you know that, you know, that continuing is going to be a hot mess, then it's then that's your right to hold that boundary. Yeah. And most of us need to make that decision last week. (laughs) Because it's, it's, um, I'm going to say the same thing. It's kind of like the, you know, if you're in the backseat of the car making out, you don't decide whether you're going to have sex then. You decide beforehand. It's the same sort of thing. you got to decide. I'm not going to get into this argument. And I know that I'm not going to try to decide this via argument. I'm going to try to figure out how to decide this via calm conflict management. And so that is interesting because that what I think I hear you inviting people in to do is to actually 
um, set that intention before they engage in the conversation. Absolutely. Or just for your life. I mean, it's just sort of kind of, this is my rule of thumb. I want to be more aware of when I'm triggered. I want to notice in my body. We'll talk about this in the next episode. It's like this sort of, where do you feel it? How do you know when you're in alarm? How do you know when you're in alert? Being more conscious of when you're triggered and, and taking action to de-escalate independent of solving the problem. That's, that's the key. You know, if you if you're willing to consider that you'll have a much better outcome if you resolve the conflict rationally, you're gonna your intention is going to be strong and kind of taking you to where you want to go. And I know as I, I said that out loud, my voice the voice in my head went, "Yeah, but what if the other one won't?" Right? It's this sort of you you know you're committed to not fighting, mm-hmm. and the other person is high conflict, and it's hard. Right. It's just sort of because this person's coming at you and they're attacking and they're and your natural tendency is I got to protect myself. I got to attack back. And ultimately, that's not going to ultimately that's not going to do anything other than create more conflict. Yeah. And I think that for all of our high, all of our listeners who have any high conflict um, relationships, learning, learning boundaries. And we just recently had a team talk on boundaries is really important so that you can draw a line and stand by it. Uh, so, so if I could just summarize, we have three different parts of the brain, right? We're in either in awareness, um, we're in alert where that story is starting and we're either going to choose one that serves us or we're going to get hijacked and head into alarm. We head into alarm. We need to recover to get back to reclaiming our brain. And, uh, and this all starts because we have expectations of how people should show up and how circumstances should unfold. And we're just not that powerful. So, so often our expectations and reality don't match and bam, bam, we're in trigger. Yep. Beautiful. Awesome. So can you just tell our listeners uh, what Part two is going to cover. So um, part two, we're going to talk a little bit more about aware alert and alarm and kind of where you notice in your body. We're going to talk about, um, is that true? Hang on a second. No, next time I'm wrong. That's the, that's part three. Um, next time we're going to talk about that gap between expectation and reality. We're going to talk about the story and how it hijacks us and some things to do to reclaim your brain. Perfect. So we will see you again uh, in the next episode of JBD Team Talks. Thanks, Diane. Thanks, Karen. Thanks for joining us on the Journey Beyond Divorce podcast. I hope you found guidance and encouragement to help you along your journey. If you like my podcast, please take a minute to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. You can also visit us at jbddivorcesupport.com where our team of coaches support both men and women through our one-on-one coaching, group programs, online courses, and free resources. Stay tuned for our next episode, and I'll talk to you soon. At Journey Beyond Divorce, we know that sometimes the most powerful support we can offer is to help you process the storm of emotions you're experiencing and gently challenge the beliefs that are keeping you stuck. The way Karen delivers her program is that she validates the feelings, the emotions, the ups, the downs. She 
hones in on the specifics that really talk to that particular person when they're going through this crazy emotional time. Let us be a beacon in the midst of this crazy emotional time. Book a free lifeline call with us to help lift the fog and begin practicing new ways of thinking, being, and doing that better support you as you journey through and beyond divorce. Our gift to you is taking that first step with you on your free Rapid Relief Lifeline call, where we help you navigate the emotional and logistical turbulence of separation and divorce. Visit rapidreliefcall.com to book your call. Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars Rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. Hey, parents. Greenlight is here to take one big thing off your to-do list, teaching your kids about money. With a Greenlight debit card and money app of their own, kids and teens learn to earn, save, and invest. You can send money instantly, set flexible controls, and get real-time notifications of your kids' money activity. Set up chores and put allowance on autopilot to reward them for their hard work. Then learn about the world of money together. Get one month free when you sign up at greenlight.com slash podcast.